Welcome to the Author Blur Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Maynard. My goal is to talk to as many kinds of authors as I can and let them pitch their books to you. We'll be discussing their books, what they're about, what type of person that they believe will enjoy their books, and try to get to know them a little bit more with some random topics. I'll be trying to get them to explain to you why they wrote their books and any other items that might be of interest to them. Either way, it's all about you. My listeners, finding the next book that you want to read. Maybe you will find that author that you just can't get enough of. So with that being said, you should go to authorblurb.com where you can see their profiles, information about the guests, links, and even find other guests there. We list all of our shows on authorblurb.com for you to review, and you can find them on the streaming service or the, well, the video service that you might be watching this on here. So I hope you enjoy it. So I appreciate you joining me on this, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. So let's meet our guest now. Welcome to the Author Blur Podcast. I'm here with Scott. Scott has 16 books. Prolific on his website. You go there, you read a bunch of stuff. There's more credibility. I, I can't even talk. There's more credits that he has to his name. The list on his website. My eyes went cross-eyed and blurry trying to read them all. Scott, if you could give people a rundown of who you are the books that you have and why you think people should want to read your books. We'll get started there and then we'll continue on to questioning so everybody can get to know you. Great. It's great to be here, Eric. And I want to congratulate you on launching your podcast. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And I have to say, this is a great service here you offer because, you know, authors like myself, even myself with 16 books out there, you know, I have a message that I want to get across to folks. I want people to hear that message. And it's really hard to get out there. And so you offering a podcast like this is a great service for authors like me who have something to say and want the world to hear it. So well, thank, thank you. you. Thank and you. Congratulations again. Thank you. Boy, so what, what, what the question was, you know, what, what about all the books is uh, what well, let, let's start about you. So you're, you have the list of was like 11 to 16 Tough Mudder races you've done. Oh yeah. You're a very yeah. active person. I am. You are a business coach. You have, you train firefighters. And I'm going off memory because it was a long list. It was, it's a long, it was a long <laughs> so, list from, from, from Tai Chi to firefighting to, you know, accounting to, you know, I'm an, I'm an ordained minister. I've done all these tough mutters. I've hiked the Appalachian Trail. You know, I have, I have done a lot in, in, in what seems like a short life. You know, people right. are like, wow, you must be really old. But I've, <laughs> I've, I've done a lot on those pieces, mainly because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, such a huge learner and so, so compelled to step up to the plate on these things, uh, whether it's med, med, I don't do anything halfway, right? I mean, not, there's, there's nothing that I do that's halfway. And because I have so many different interests, I, uh, 
I then, you know, I run an, I run a farm animal rescue. I'm an accomplished meditator. I mentioned just a few minutes ago that I uh, teach Tai Chi. Uh, in, in fact, the funny thing is, is store, this Tai Chi group um, that I, that I'm with, they're, they're all elderly, uh, like elderly, like, you know, people in their seventies and eighties elderly oh. kind of, so not like, you know, sixties. <laughs> Right. And uh, we started meeting probably about, I don't know, 10 months before COVID hit. Right. And then COVID hit and then everything closed down. And these folks, it was like April of the year that COVID hit. We met outdoors by yeah. this waterfall in, uh, at, to, in this little park to do Tai Chi. And we have continued to meet every Tuesday at 10 a.m. since then, including when it's been 12 degrees out. Oh, uh, I mean, include. I mean, people show up with their shovels to shovel the snow so that That's we can do Tai Chi. Uh, and uh, they, they are. They inspire me. I think I inspire them to continue to continue to do this. I mean, there's like ten of us that meet every single week outdoors. And even I show, there was one time I, I, (laughs) there was one time it was raining. It was like raining cats and dogs. And I'm like, Oh, no, one's going to show up. I'm not going to go. And the next week I showed up, they were like, where were you? I'm like, (laughs) okay, I got, I got it now. I will be here every single week, even if it's, 40 degrees below zero, I'm here. And so in other um, words, you have to follow the postman's motto, rain, right. shine, hail or sleet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we've been, <laughs> and so that, that experience with these, uh, with these, you know, nine committed folks really parallels like my experience in my life and what I do. All it's right. not just this like halfway kind of thing. Right. I step up and I do it. And and it's the same thing with all the books, which are all of there's a whole variety of books, just like I have a whole variety of things I'm I do in my life. There's a variety of the things that the books are written on from gardening, from gardening of all things to um, fixing up your LinkedIn profile to grief and loss to books that are written for counselors and coaches. I have a book on treatment planning Mm -hmm. uh, that's out there. Uh, there, there's, there's a number of books that are very, um, uh, it's, it's just a diversity of stuff. Cause I have a diversity of interests. Right. And I noticed that, like I said, on your website, long list of achievements, things that you've done. I was, <clears throat> I was quite impressed with them myself. So now I've seen what can you've done business coaching and life coach and all these different coaching types of things, the teaching firefighters. What led you into that? Because I feel like that is also a part into what your books are about is taking the coaching that you're giving people and trying to get them motivated or do something. So for years I was working as I'm a licensed counselor. So a lot of coaches aren't a lot of coaches just, I don't know. They used to be, people are going to be riled up when I say this, they used to be dog walkers and now they're coaches because they took a weekend course and now they're a coach. And, and and so I know, I, I know you people out there might be upset about this and I apologize in advance, but it's the truth of the coaching field. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So now, so now that I've said that piece and riled up folks, I had been working as a counselor and worked my way up to clinical supervisor and then program director for a big program for a, uh, the Department of Corrections. And uh, it just became really, I had what, what in the ebook, in the e-myth, there's a, there's a term called entrepreneurial seizure. And I just had that, which was enough's enough. And mm-hmm. um, my spouse was getting coaching. Um, he was a manager at Applebee's and was getting some coaching there and, and said to me, you know what? You could do this. You could easily do this. I know what you do for work. I've, I, we've been together, you know, 15 years and know what's, you know, I know who you are and what you do. You could easily do this. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm afraid. Because, you know, the, why don't people do things? Why don't people write books? Because they're afraid. Why don't I, you know, I'm afraid. And um, I got really a lot of support and encouragement to take that action and take those steps. And uh, I did. I didn't start. A lot of people start their coaching practice, you know, part time. I quit everything. I was like, this is it. Just like with the Tai Chi. I'm all in. <laughs> I was right. like, it's either going to work. Or it's not going to work. And uh, I've never looked back. So I've been, that was in 2006 when I started my coaching practice. And I've been doing that. Now what's that's six. Wow. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you published your first book in 2015. I think I saw. I did. You're right. I did. Uh, it was with 10 things you need to know about coaching before you get a coach. Yeah, and I've I have my spouse to think about thank for that too. Interestingly enough, uh, the you might you might not be aware of this, or your re, or your listeners or viewers might not be aware of this. There is, and this was its infancy when I when I got talked into doing this. Though I didn't pay any money, I didn't pay any money. There is this. I'm gonna now again. I'm gonna. I apologize for agitating folks when I. <laughs> talk directly about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's a scam that is out there for the desperate people who want to be able to say, I'm a consultant and an internationally acclaimed world-renowned author. That internationally acclaimed world-renowned author is something that a lot of people want to say in their introductions. And there is this scam that's out there. And I know it's not a scam. I know it's, 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 it's real genuine stuff, but it's a, it is definitely a cottage industry. And that is where a company will go after 20 different people in a category, like 20 different restaurant owners, or in my case, in 2015, it was 20 different coaches. And uh, they were just working out the kinks. Now they charge you five, $10,000 to be an author in that book. So what you do is (laughs) for let's just say it's five thousand dollars right so you write a thousand words they take your thousand words and make it look nice with 19 other people's thousand words right and who have also paid them five thousand dollars a piece and then they've put to get they put all these into a, a book an right. ebook separate chapters and you get a little chapter you get your picture on the back cover and a little blurb under your chapter about who you are and that's it. And you pay five, sometimes $10,000. Maybe they hook you up with a Facebook page for the book. Uh, and uh, people pay that money to 
because they want to have that title after themselves. Right. So in 2015, I was approached to write this chapter in a book. And it was a book about what people look for in coaches. And I think it's not even around anymore. It's not even around. It's gone because right. it was this like marketing ploy. And after they, after I ended up getting published, then they wanted more money. They wanted, or they wanted money for around this or that, right. add this, this interview, this thing. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing it because it was a gimmick. Right. Um, like I said, that book's not even around anymore. And uh, my spouse again said, you wrote a chapter. Right. You wrote a, you wrote a chapter, Scott, if you wrote a chapter, you could write a book. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I can't. I'm afraid. I was like, that's step. that's what you said after coaching. <laughs> Same thing. So um, it's always that first step. You have to take that first step to get going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And okay. so that's that's how that first book came to be. So let me ask this then. The book's still out there, still for sale. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I saw it on Amazon. I was reading through the preview and all this about it. I even listened. I think it's on, I forget if that was the one on Audible or not. I listened. It is to on it. Audible. Yes. So I listened to a bit of the audible good um, narrator you have for your audiobooks. With all that, it's back in 2015. Do you think the content's still relevant as today with everything going on? Is all the things in coaching that is in that book that people need to look for? Should they? Unfor unfortunately, yes. You would think that the coaching field would get it together right. um, in in the last seven years, but it's just as easy today for somebody to hang out their sign as a coach as it was then. Um, and so the things to look for are still as predominant, if not maybe more predominant. Uh, for I'll give you one, one example. One of the things that uh, I wrote in that book mm -hmm. uh, was that, you know, a lot of coaches will, will say they call it a discovery session. Okay. I'm giving you the heads up listeners. <laughs> so, or watchers, um, uh, they call it a discovery session. And really it is a very specific structured sales technique that coaches learn in coaching school to talk to a prospective client and lead them through a series of questions. So at the end of the at the end of that conversation, they end up buying the timeshare. I mean, right. did I say timeshare? I didn't mean to say time. They end up buying the coaching process. Which is basically, bring, yeah. I've, I've they been end up signing coaching. over. And I, you know, I remember this. One of the things I do um, when I, when I go through and talk to a prospective client, which most, most coaches will not do right. um, is, is I'm like, can you really afford this? Coach is expensive. Can you really afford this? It's one of the questions that I have a, people do a pre-call form when they come to me as a coaching client. And one of the questions is, can you afford this? This is how much it is a month. Right. And if they click no, I'm going to be like, this is probably not a good thing for you to do. Right. Well, it makes I sense. I remember a coach who went through that timeshare. I'm, I said it again, didn't I? Went through that coaching, coaching discovery yeah. call and got to the very end. And I said, I can't afford this. And this person then hit me with this insinuation that I didn't value my life, 
I didn't care about my future. I wasn't committed to, to making different. You know, I mean, it was less, it was all this emotionally loaded language about right. commitment and, and change and then suggested, well, you and I said, I really can't afford it. And he said, well, you could put it on a credit card. Like I would feel really bad right. if somebody you know, and, and, and manipulative, if I convince someone to do this, and then they put it in their on their credit card, and then Pay the was interest in all this, yeah, and ma- massively in debt after six months, right, or 10 months or whatever. So right. And, you know, anyway, well, it's gotten I, worse. I started off as an author, I had a lot of saw a lot of people and I connected with a lot of people that would sit there and go, Hey, I'll coach you to be a number one bestseller international, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, well, don't you want to be an author? I'm like, well, I have the book. I just have to get it out. So yeah, I do understand that. And yeah, you know, yeah. I've done restaurant design where I've been to meetings where, and one of my friends said, he's a consultant for restaurant huh. restaurateurs. And one of the first things he says is, if you can't afford this, you're going to go broke before you open. He goes, don't think right. you're going to make money from the get-go. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I I understand exactly what you're saying is you need to understand what you're getting into, which right. it sounds like your book is trying to direct people into knowing that before they put their feet in and end up in a world of hurt because somebody. Absolutely. So, and then, so let's talk about some of your other books. What is, out of all your books, what is one of your favorite ones? of? The, I mean, there's 16, so. I imagine you have a couple to pick from. So I do, you know, it's interesting having doing, trying, trying to do the podcast route and, and talk to folks. Most people are interested in my bucket list. Most podcasters seem to want to talk about my bucket list workbook or my bucket list book, uh, because I don't know, it feels kind of coachy and they think (laughs) people are, and, and, and that book is like down on the bottom of my list. In fact, I only wrote that after I used to do it as an exercise with coaching clients, not to, not to figure out your bucket list, but I did it as an exercise for people who were stuck and couldn't Mm -hmm. figure out what they wanted to do in their life. And so most people can figure out a bucket list. And, mm-hmm. and then what we would do in the coaching process is take that bucket list and reverse engineer that bucket list down to the values, qualities, and ideals that you then can apply to your life on a daily basis. And then you can throw the bucket list. You don't even have to worry about the bucket list because your life's going to be so awesome because you're living in alignment with your bucket list. Right. And so a, a, a coaching client was like, you should write, you should put a book together about that. And I, and I did, and I, it's not, it's not one of my, you know, most compelling books, uh, in, for me personally, uh, but, uh, uh, I did it. And it seems the thing, it seems to be the piece that podcasters want to reach out to me about that. Like, we want to talk about the bucket list book. And, um, <laughs> I want to talk about my grief and loss book that I wrote, the, uh, and because that for me was the most uh, challenging one to wrote. Uh, my spouse was killed in an automobile accident right before COVID. Oh, and um, I wrote this book about it's, it's, it's by far my thickest book. Um, it's available <laughs> right. in hardcover. And, you know, I really 
Um, I'm blunt in the book. I'm direct in the book. I expose myself in the book. Like I, I'm emotionally, I'm like, it's a very emotionally raw memoir. That's part of this book as well as pieces in there about, uh, and I am, I'm use the word advice. I just said it advice right. for people that are grieving as well as advice for people who are struggling to figure out how to support people with grief. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a book I feel really strongly about. And then the other book, which is also a fairly recent book that I is, um, a book on marijuana legalization. Um, so you had two plants of that, right? I saw in your family. I know. I, do, I, do. I got you a coffee mug. I do. I do. Uh, and, uh, I've grown and I've, I'm, I'm a pro marijuana person as, as, as I'm by your feeds. Um, and, um, and I've grown my own marijuana and I have a huge bag. Don't, don't come visit me, (laughs) but I get this. I mean, I don't know what to do with all the marijuana that I've grown. It's just, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, and people that grow zucchini and then in the middle of the summer, at some point, everybody wants to give you their zucchini because they don't, and everybody's making zucchini bread and zucchini pot. It's just crazy. Um, and I have that issue with marijuana, which is too much and no one to give it to, um, I mean, I'm I got sure a huge friends find that to be a horrible thing bag. And, <laughs> and so, um, but given that said, you know, uh, this current wave of what we're doing with marijuana legalization is going to be a absolute nightmare five years from now, absolute nightmare. And that's what that book is all about. Okay. Um, why do you think so? Because call, so here's, and here's just my theory. And I could be wrong because I haven't delved too deeply into it. Now, mind you, I used to smoke when I was a teenager. This huh? uh-huh. most teenagers have. After I got out of high school and I didn't know any of my people selling drugs anymore, it kind of made it hard to get, and I just haven't smoked it since. But mm-hmm. I know that marijuana has shown quite a bit of medical use, like good medical use capabilities, helping people with seizures, cerebral palsy, I believe it was. And again, I'm not 100% sure, but... The medical use, I think, is fantastic for it. As far as I always look at it, and again, I'm not a pot smoker. So mm-hmm. if you want to smoke pot, go for it. Just like if you want to drink, if you want to, whatever you want to do, it's your body. It's your whatever. Enjoy it. As long as you don't affect me, hurt me or anything like that. I think you should enjoy it. Why do you think with all this legalization? Because I know a lot of people in the drug with the drug world, they tend to be very vicious. I knew the drug world when, in fact, my first, my books that I have out actually kind of stem some of the things I seen growing up with, mm-hmm. mind you, overly exaggerated, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the drug world, I knew that it did get violent. It did get mean. And so I'm thinking, cut that out. It should do an improvement to the world. Mm-hmm. You disagree with that or are you thinking that what do you I think uh, I think it's an it's going to be an improvement with the world there are two issues that need to be solved in soon All soon right. soon right. the first one is this whole medicalization of the marijuana right. uh, the the medical the medicalization leads the recreational Legalization. That's that's how it comes into states. But there's this huge piece about even the 
the terminology. Like if I want to go to the liquor store, that's where I get my liquor. I go to the grocery store to get my groceries. I go to the, uh, to the big box store to buy But in marijuana land, you, Mm -hmm. you go, you go to the dispensary. Right. And you get your, they talk in terms of dosing instead of servings. Um, Um, And so what's, what will happen is the same thing that, that happened with those poor schmucks who came up with the companion animal um, legislation 10, 20 years ago, that then they were so vague and unclear about it. And the next thing you know, people are bringing peacocks, snakes, donkeys, all kinds of other farm animals on planes. People are getting fake, you know, uh, fake. uh, My niece got her dog a fake certification as a, (laughs) as a, as a, as a, as a a companion animal. So she could take it on vacation with her. It's crazy. That's going to happen. You're going to see people who are going to say, Oh, I got to, I got to, I'm, I'm anxious. And so I, I have to take marijuana oh, yeah. in order I've, to I've come met, to work. I know somebody I could probably name off the top yeah. of my head that does that. And I've known people that, oh, well, I don't do it because I enjoy it. I do it because. Right. Right. Only funny. I remember smoking weed and it relaxed you. You, you felt real good. Most people, they're going to do it just, uh, have a reason to do it. Right. And I yeah. So we're going to have people that are going to be using it, you know, during the work day and they're going to be saying, you're not going to let me use it. You're discriminating against me because I've got a medical issue and blah, 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 blah. Right. And on and on it's going to go. And we're going to have people, I mean, people would not just flip it with, think about it with alcohol. Right. Someone, if somebody came to work on a Monday morning and said, oh, I'm anxious today. I have a presentation to do in the afternoon. I think I'm going to have four Bloody Marys <laughs> this morning. We'd be like, you can't work here, right? right? Or we don't even, we don't even, we don't even, we frown on people who go and have, you know, two martini lunches, right? right? Yet this is, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing that I think is going to be a big problem is that there is no, no comparability between all of the different marijuana products. Um, and I've purchased some of them and, right. and I'm telling you, you cannot tell one from another. Like I've got some marijuana drops and some ha- are th- have this effect and some have that effect. And they all say, go slow. No, go, you know, start low, go slow is the slogan that they use. Okay. But you know, what we need is the equivalent of what we have with alcohol, which is proof. Right. We know that one shot of alcohol equals mm-hmm. one beer equals one glass of wine. Roughly, right. roughly. I understand. Doctors, you, you can see on the news, oh, if you're drinking, you know, four glasses of wine or four cocktails a day, that could be a problem. We don't have that for marijuana because we don't have any uniformity around what's in the product. I understand. And, you know, as a plant, if it's just selling the weed as a plant format, I don't know how you do that, but I can see how you do it. If it's in eye drops, like you said, and again, I have the yep. littlest understanding of the market out there for it at this point, because I've been so out of it for so long. Right. If you go to the store, it should be clearly labeled and it should be comparable. So you know that this one is going to kick your butt twice as much <laughs> as that one. 
Right. Um, I do think if you do it at sense. home, I, I make my own wine here at home. Yeah, so do uh, I. And so, and uh, I don't measure the proof. I mean, I don't <laughs> label the bottles. No. You know, it's just what it is, right? Um, bottles have duct tape on them. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. I so those them. are my, t- those are my two, those, those are the two beefs that I talk about in that book. Okay. The one book that did catch my eye that you had was, let me remember the title properly, Get Off Your Ass and Mow the Grass. Yes. So, <laughs> and I, and I kind of slurred the one word just for the fact of, and I imagine most people know what I'm saying, but I am trying to keep this show clean, but and I don't know how many people would consider that a bad word or what so have you, but right. nonetheless, that book actually called my attention because I think, and to me, that was showing and it's trying to say, get up, don't be lazy, do your work, be motivated, find your motivation if I understood it right. And to me, I, I think that's very prevalent in today where people, I know when I was working at another place not too long ago, finding people to work was a pain in the neck because people could sit home at this time. You have people that just don't want to work. You have people that do want to work. Right. And to me, that book was more to the people that like in me, I've been working my whole life ever since I was 12 years old. That book actually caught my eye because it actually, to me said, don't be lazy, get up, get going. And those are the kind of things like I want to teach my kids as they grow up. Right. Right. My son, I constantly yell at him. I'm mind you, he's all. And when I say yell, it's not yelling, but get up, quit being lazy, do this. Right, get right, him. right. You're so, challenging him. You're provoking him. Yeah. In a in a David Goggins kind of way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, those things there. So you have a, a wide selection of books that sound like they cover a lot of fantastic topics. Yeah. And in all truth, I was planning on probably purchasing one or two of them myself when I get a chance to read. The problem is, is my wife doesn't allow me to actually buy any books until I read at least half of the four. <laughs> uh, I, I have four bookcases of books and even some of the um, little floor space that I have in my office huh? is covered with books. So she's demanding that I read some more before I actually buy more. I can't really falter for that, but I do have them on my list to buy some again, get off your ass and mow the grass is the one that is on the top of my list of yours. Well, Just- that book is available on audible and I am happy to share with you. I've got a number of promo codes from audible and I will give you a promo code and you can get the book from audible for free and listen to it while you mow the grass through your headphones. <laughs> Oh, trust me. I have a lot of grass to mow, so I definitely will be using that. And I do appreciate that. So with all that, you have, so I don't, I see you're not very active on Twitter. I didn't check Facebook. You tweet every now and then. I tweet every now and then. Yeah. And I, and I actually just started that because I mean, I have a, I have a tweet for my coaching. I have a Twitter account for my coaching business. Okay. I just set up a Twitter account for my uh, for my authorship, because right. I'm working on getting a stronger knowledge graph and knowledge profile in Google. That's that okay. little square box <laughs> when you know, you know, when you type in yes. somebody's name, you get a little box on the right hand side. Sometimes it says who you are. Yep. I, know. I have a box. I have a yep. box. 
but it's oh, not man. a good, it's not a great box. It just has my name and a description. Um, and I'm trying to add things to it. And having a Twitter account is, is a way to add things to it. I understand. And it's always a good thing. I mean, in today's world, you have to have a presence. You have to have people. And, you know, just like the author bought, author blur podcast we have a twitter account that we that i have i shouldn't say we it's just me doing this right yet but (laughs) the fact is is that i have a podcast twitter account for it i have my own personal and personal slash my authors which i'm horrible about twitter a lot of times myself and i couldn't tell you last time i've been on facebook so i do understand Getting that social media presence can be kind of a pain in the neck. Right, right, right. So, okay. Other than your books, what other books do you read? What kind of books do you you find interesting that if you were going to tell somebody to look up, what is it that you read to give you your knowledge, to give you your drive, to give you your entertainment? Well, I can tell you that the, Eric, the, 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 the most recent book I read uh-huh. Um, it was a book called Diet Lies and Weight Loss Truths. Um, okay. And that's, that's because um, I'm, a, I'm also a uh, licensed personal trainer and okay. health coach. And my certification was ending and I needed CEUs. And so I had to read the book <laughs> and answer something like 220 multiple choice questions and <laughs> submit those. And then I got the CEUs that could allow me to continue my my certification for until two, I think it now expires in 2025. Uh, But uh, the other, uh, most recently I've been reading The Good Life, which is actually, it's, it's, I think it's only available. I have the paperback version. It's written by Helen and Scott Nearing, which is kind of, in, you know, in the 1960s, 70s, off the grid, grow your own vegetables, get back to the earth. Um, And, uh, uh, I'm also reading, there's a book called Camping Grounds, which is a, it's an, it's, it's a pretty good book. It's not a great book, but it's, it's the only book out there that covers how um, I go camping a lot and I've got okay. a trailer and uh, more and more people are obviously going camping with co- during COVID. You can't even right. get campsites, believe it. I hear nothing. Right. Um, and so uh, this book covers like the history of camping from the Civil War to the present. I mean, it's right. kind of fascinating when you think about the, the people who tend to go camping. Right. They tend to be a certain socio class, certain look, certain yeah. race, all the whole nine yards. And it's interesting to read that history on how that all came about uh, and where, you know, our current camping fervor has come from right i mean we didn't have people didn't go around in yeah people didn't go around in campers you know no 60 years ago there wasn't even campers 60 years ago right it was just you know i I grew up camping in tents so yeah Um, anymore my back i don't think can handle a tent (laughs) (laughs) yeah I hear you. Although now some of the tents they have are instant pop-ups. They're like these jack-in-the-box things and you throw them and they go into, you don't have to mess with anything. Yeah. My buddy's a Um, camper. I think he has one of those. He was telling me about mine are still the old poles that you have to mess around with and you curse and you hope your kid doesn't hear you kind of a thing. And yeah. Yeah. Quite honestly, my favorite books that I tend to read and reread are Mm -hmm. comics. 
I love okay. comics. So I loved comics com- when I was a little kid. Right. And I um and I especially love them on the like I have a big Kindle. Okay. I'm um, like in one of the bigger Kindles, and they're on the Kindle now, and they kind of guide you through the comic scene by scene. And hmm. I mean, it's just a it's it's really great in on the digital medium you can make it much bigger you know you don't have to worry about pages that have been tarnished or you know not inked up enough because uh, it's um i love digital comics okay i was gonna say i have a ton of paper comics that i've gotten from the 90s growing up just collecting them right so which comic so you have to name your favorite comic right at this point not overall but right now what would be your favorite comic I really like the Watchmen okay. uh, and the Watchmen series, and I really like Guardians of the Galaxy. See, I like um, Guardians on the Marvel side, but I grew up. What are yours? Well, I grew up with like the Flash and Fantastic Four. Uh huh. I, I was big into Marvel growing up, so uh huh. The um. So you um, like all the mar- Do you like all the Marvel movies? No. No. Uh, no, I hate to say it. You know, they started off the first couple I liked and then just something about it. Then I just stopped watching them. But I've never been a big movie person to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I oh, do yeah. I do a lot more audio, like the audio books. The, I read a ton. Hint the reason I have four bookshelves full of books. <laughs> um, well, you'll have an audio book. I'll give you a couple. Like I said, I'll give you a couple audio links. You get those free audio books and listen. Try and listen to the audio book while you read a book. You can try it out. <laughs> I don't know how well I'll be able to pull that up. So with that being said, I believe we're getting close to our time. Let me check. So with all that said, I've enjoyed our conversation. Definitely hope the next time you go to put out a book, you contact me so I can have you on so we can try to get more word out about it. So let everyone know, other than authorblurb.com, where I have a profile with all the information you've given me there, where else can people find you or what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to, to ask you questions, contact you, or even find your books? Where do you suggest people find you? So my website, gscottgraham.com is easy to find. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you actually Google G period Scott Graham books, you will see all my books, Google, including, you know, a description of me and a description of the books. And you can get them on Amazon and Kobo and Google and Apple. Uh, because, and that's important for our, your, your, yeah. uh, if, if your authors that are out there that are thinking about coming on this show, let me tell you, you need to get your books out there because Apple I mean, a Kindle only covers 74% of the market. And if you're like, well, you know, I don't need to worry about that. Let me ask you this. If you had a job that was paying you $27.50 and somebody came and offered you $40 an hour to do the same job, would you switch jobs? That's that's the difference between 74% and 100%. Oh, exactly. And so so if you do that... um, and I, and I will make this offer to any of your readers or I mean, of your listeners, Okay. Sorry, any of your listeners or anybody who's watching this podcast, if you go on to Audible and you see a book on there that you like mm-hmm. and you email me 
Uh, you can email me from gscottgraham.com. There's a place there to reach out to me. And you email me and say, I really like this book. Can you send me a code so I can get it for free? I will send you a code so you can get that audio book for free. Well, that is a fantastic thing. And I'll add that to the notes. No, no, no. Don't add it to the notes. We only want to add it to the people who listen to the end of the podcast. Well, there you go. (laughs) That's the reward. I'm going to tell people where to contact you. So that way they know if they go to G Scott, Graham is spelled G-R-A-H-A-M. Correct. Uh, Correct. Because you don't want somebody misspelling it and God knows where they're going to go. <laughs> then they'll be messaging you, Eric, and saying, what's going on? Well, I do have a I do have a link to your website on authorblurb.com too. So if somebody goes to the to the podcast website, they can easily see your information, see your website, and go message you, tell you which book they want an audiobook of, and get that free audiobook from you. So I do appreciate your time. And I really hope to talk to you again. I have a feeling that we can have much longer conversations. Yes. If you, can hold on once, if you can hold on just one second, I just need to make sure I stop the recording. We'll talk a few minutes after this and everybody else will just be hearing this to be the end. All right. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thank you for enjoying our show with us. I hope you liked it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. So if you did get to this point, I imagine you do like it and you might want to learn more about the show. You might want to even find more guests that you might be interested in. There might be a lot of things. Go to authorblurb.com, find more guests. And if you want to help improve the show, there is a spot there that says give to the show to help us out some. You can donate by a cup of coffee program. I'm working on more that will even give back to you for donating. And I also accept crypto as an offering to give. So I hope you do come back. If you don't donate now, if you don't ever donate, I still hope you enjoy it. I hope you tell your friends. And I hope, for most importantly, you find that author that you really do enjoy. Thank you.